Alert by Servitor Primus of the Editorium. Due to reallocation of Servitor units to priority tasks, and the Librarian's edict to favour accurate experiential data over the preservation of sensibilities, the Primus issues the following warning. Suboptimal mixing may be present. Extended pauses may be present. Explicit language and profanity may be present. Listeners are advised to apply or seek adult judgment before continuing. Only in death, the secret mission logs of Kill Team Atromatos. Episode 7, The Member Bears Your Load. Loyal citizens of the Imperium of Man, heed ye the proclamation of the Administratum as we announce the following factual revision. While any claims made during this episode that the Death Watch role-playing game is out of print were correct at the time of recording, all faithful servants of the Emperor may rejoice that Death Watch has since been returned to availability through the auspices of Ulysses Spieler and his at the time of this pronouncement, now available via drive through RPG. Loyal subjects of the Imperium, welcome to Episode 7 of Only in Death, a podcast where four friends and I create a sci-fi action movie in the theatre of your mind. I'm Radio Rob, your Game Master for these sessions. As I wrapped the last episode partway through a session, we don't have my players to introduce themselves, so in alphabetical order, you will hear the following voices in a few minutes. Scott Doucette as Brother Matthias Vainglory, ambitious assault marine of the Blood Angels chapter. Sim Lauren as Brother Avalon, gregarious tech marine of the Storm Wardens chapter. Ian Ketch Sinclair as Brother Gedeon Kamael, studious devastator of the Dark Angels chapter. And Rebel Wolf as Brother Gladius, taciturn apothecary of the Ultramarines chapter. I'd like to say a big thank you very much for listening. We recorded these episodes in May and June of 2017, and I've been trickling them out since November once a week. I'm very glad to see the role-playing game and Warhammer 40,000 fan communities get interested. I'd like to say a quick thanks to the fine folks at Hypespace, who hipped me to some fellow 40k podcasts out there. Warp Tides, a hilarious Dark Heresy podcast with some gloriously loony acolytes. The Roll to Seas podcast, a 40k fandom show which has started playing Dark Heresy. And Game Master Hydriatus, who has started yet another Dark Heresy show called The Tritone Gambit. As I said previously, I wrapped partway through one of our sessions, leaving things at something of a cliffhanger, which gives me the opportunity to try something. I've been wanting to try an intro pattern to this show that explains what's going on for anyone who's just hopping in at the latest episode. I found that some RPG podcasts and shows that I've listened to and watched tend to drop you straight in without explaining the nature of the team and what they're doing. So have a listen 
and let me know what you think and what I could potentially do better. <clears throat> Drawn from the finest alien slayers within the chapters of the Emperor's Greatest Soldiers, the Space Marines, the kill teams of the Death Watch are tasked with hunting down those inhuman threats to the Imperium too great for the mighty Inquisition to handle, whether behind enemy or even friendly lines. Kill Team Atromitos is one such commando squad of space marines stationed on Watch Fortress Eriok within the sector of space known as the Jericho Reach. Dispatched to the planet Avalos at the request of Inquisitor Calistradi, the frigate bearing the Kill Team was attacked and destroyed by a squadron of living bioships from the Tyranid Hive fleet, with the Kill Team barely escaping by drop pod. Following the Inquisitor's beacon, the drop pod crash-landed in the outskirts of Avalos's capital city, Lordsholm, which is in the midst of open revolt against the Emperor's rule. Fighting off a massed assault by the rebels, the kill team found not the Inquisitor, but one of the Inquisitor's acolytes, a shape-shifting assassin. This assassin informed the kill team that the Inquisitor and the rest of the Inquisitor's retinue had gone to hunt down the cause of the rebellion, an infestation of the Tyranid subrace known as Gene Stealers, a week ago and had not been heard from since. The assassin gave the kill team their mission orders. Access the tower of the Astropath on the other side of the city and request aid from the Imperial fleet in Avalos's defense against the impending Tyranid invasion, and then kill the head of the Gene Stealer infestation, a creature known as a Brood Lord, so as to break the back of the local rebellion. We rejoin the action as Kill Team Atromatos venture into Lordsholm's Portica district with a handful of planetary defense force troopers. Uh, as you and uh, your surrounding squads move out through the city, uh, you do hear noise up ahead and uh, to your left, pretty much to the northwest. Um, you can hear what seems like a gathering of people um, somewhere close by. And uh, you estimate that uh, you would probably be able to make your way past it with a little problem, except uh, you spot this small cluster of people. It looks like an adult and maybe three or four children picking their way uh, through, this, through the wreckage, um, trying to keep their heads down, of course, uh, very close to a large warehouse structure and kind of uh, as you uh, catch sight of them you see the adult reach a door in this structure open it up and uh, motion the smaller ones in uh, they appear to be children and as you catch sight of this uh, one of your Planetary Defense Force, I have to use the full term, I can't say PDF anymore, I'm sorry folks. Um, one of your Planetary Defense Force squads um, sort of starts and gasps, and um, uh, just as the, uh, uh, the crowd falls in, uh, uh, they say, oh no, Stephen, Alexia, what are they doing out here? And sort of 
breaks from her squad and uh, tries to head toward this building. Uh, that's unexpected. And the sergeant of the squad does nothing? Yeah. Um, what, what's the rest of the squad doing? Okay. Uh, because I don't want to have to step in and punish yeah. someone. Good point. Um, so, yes, the rest of the squad... Are, uh, the sergeant sort of looks up and motions frantically, and um, uh, a couple of the rest of the squad members pretty much uh, uh, grab their, uh, and again, call squad mate, and um, hold them back. And uh, uh, the squad mate who sort of broke is, is struggling and said, Damn it, let me go. I made a promise. I made a promise, damn it, let me go. I'd like to walk over to that soldier and ask what the meaning of all this is. She na- naturally stops struggling uh, as you step over and your uh, uh, the aura of menace and intimidation that exudes from your powered armor just pretty much for a second kind of um, uh, overwhelms uh, the trooper. Uh, her mouth wor- uh, works for a second and then uh, says uh, they're my neighbor's children before the I thought they would be safe before uh, when things broke out I promised that we'd be able to hold the sector and keep them uh, and, and keep them safe from harm the um their mother and father they were part of the part of the main force that got recalled to the manor I don't know what they're doing out here. They shouldn't be out here, and that's that looks like the that looks like the next uh, the neighbor on the other side. Uh, William, he's been acting acting really odd for weeks. I, I promised I'd look after them. We need I need to go and get them back. This is wrong. This is very wrong. They shouldn't be out here. Brother Gladius, what would you have her do? You say you made a promise. Gladius will say and walk over to the, the squaddy. I did. You have made more than one. Choose the emperor of these people. Yeah, I'm actually more interested why this William kid has dragged these two other kids out here into this war zone and maybe we should be going and checking that out right now before we shoot anyone. I do not intend to punish anyone in this squad. That is not my job. He says, Neil, look at the squad leader. However, what you say has merit, he says to Avalon. I would be breaking my oath of knowledge if I did not bring it to your attention. Sergeant Charles steps over. Uh, steps over to um, uh, the squad mate who's looking from gladius to uh the structure and is clearly very torn um and uh he puts a he put the uh, charles puts um his hand on uh, uh the trooper's shoulder and says private lucas none of us want to be here but we're all here to, none of us really chose to be here but we're here, and we're here to serve, and we've got a job to do. That's more important than anything else. 
and she sort of looks over to the so just like, uh, like uh, on private says, box conversation. As I say, on private Vox conversation while the sergeant's talking to the uh, the squaddy, uh, Gladius is just going to, like, privately connect up to the rest of the squad and say, brothers, what are your opinions? We've heard Avalon, and I agree. But Gedeon, Matthias, what are your opinions? I don't see how this trooper's failure to protect his neighbours is any of our business. I disagree. I think that we have the ability to help and should help where we can. So Gladius uh, will take off the private comms uh, just so he's speaking through his normal vox again and say, um, you are a servant of the emperor. That is the promise you made. We too are servants of the Emperor. Tell us of this acting strange that you spoke of earlier. The trooper, Lucas, as Sergeant Charles called, sort of stands up, realises that something is potentially happening here, takes a deep breath, squares the shoulders, and says, he's been kind of odd, He's our neighbour's youngest son. He's in his he's in his twenties himself, but he's been kind of odd for the last couple of months. We've been worried. His mother and father were worried that he was getting mixed up in this old cult that's been springing up across town, and then it seemed to get worse over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks. I was going to say something to uh, uh, to my vicar about it, and then. The war, uh, and then the rebellion broke out, and we didn't think anything more of it. He didn't seem to uh, proclaim any particular any allegiance against the emperor. Um, he didn't rise up, so uh, we perhaps thought that in the end his uh, uh, his thought was in the, he was in the right place. But he has been looking very pale and very. I can't put, I don't have the words, I can't put my finger on it, but something is wrong. In private comms, I want to address the Space Marines. Brothers. Yep. Although cultists are not our mission here, they are of the inquisitorial agenda. All intel is good intel. If we can keep at least one of them alive, perhaps a leader. We may be able to find information that's useful. Then I say we go ahead and we do so. Let us be done with it quickly, then. Uh, how far out of the way, uh, the direction we were going, would this be, Rob? Not far. Uh, pretty much you uh, saw these people without any real augmentation or enhancement from your um uh from your helmets and they were also spotted uh by trooper lucas so uh pretty much it's a matter of um half a minute's walk and considering that you uh, in your powered armor are quicker than the average human being yeah it's negligible does the structure look sound enough to hold the Space Marine on the roof? 
it does appear. <laughs> Good question. I was oh. about to. I was about to ask the same thing. There is there How is actually a skill for this. I am pretty sure, and I think that skill is. If I will open up my handy dandy skills guide here. Uh, I believe you would be looking at making an appraise roll. Ooh, okay. Oh, snap, son. Team. So, um, if you can... Where are we, Matthias? All right, then. Uh, in our wonderful... Uh, thanks to our uh, Discord bot gothic Siri... Uh, normally known as Sidekick for those of you playing along <laughs> at home, but uh, yeah, we uh, we kind of had to change it after the last couple of sessions. Now, uh, and again, there is a slight pause here, which will uh, be edited out once this episode actually goes live, so our apologies for those of you listening along on the Discord channel and at Warhammer Fest, except for you folks at Warhammer Fest, we hate you all, you lucky, lucky, lucky people, you. <laughs> um, where are these uh, roles happening? Because I'm not seeing anything in Mission Comms. Ah, okay. Uh, they might not be happening just yet, but... Uh... So, Matthias, you have... Evaluate? Evaluate. It meant, it, it's, it meant the same thing as appraise. So, yeah, um, you are definitely making an evaluate skill roll here, which nobody is trained in, so you are basically um, looking to make uh, an intelligence roll equal to or less than half your intelligence. And Matthias, your intelligence is 34, so you're hoping for a 17 or less. And I can hear rolls being made, so let's have a look. Um, okay. <laughs> that is not a 17. That is not a 17, sadly. Uh, 56. From this distance, in the rain and the general disrepair, it is hard to tell from here... Um, as is the military life, it's going to be a case of uh, find out when you get there. I'm going to um, address the squad in Private Vox. I would like to place myself on the roof of the building, if possible, when we arrive there, just to have the element of surprise if needed. Very well. So Gladius will look to the uh, look to the squad, like the squad eve, but also the squad in general, and says that you have placed such a high value on your friends and your family is a worthy thing. You will continue to do your duty and slow and make your way to the south. We will deal with this for you, as it is our duty. Go well, Emperor, the Emperor's soldiers. And just sort of like gesture off in the way that they're supposed to be going. Mm. Would it not be a better idea to have the only person here who has any hope of controlling these brats just to stay around for a minute? I was thinking the same thing. I was actually thinking it might be a live she, he, whoever, might be a liability just from uh, having someone who they know potentially hurt in front of them. Someone will have to take those kids, if they survive this, back to safety. Okay, that's certainly an opinion. 
I'm not saying that in character, but that is certainly an opinion, and that's absolutely <laughs> what that's absolutely I, what Gladius I, is thinking. I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay, uh, at which point then Gladius will look at Avalon and sort of like gesture as if to say that Avalon can, you know, as if to say, go ahead if you're going to suggest this. I will call out and go, wait, Lucas stays here. All right. Um, Sergeant, Char- uh, Sergeant Charles Nod says, ooh, and apologies, it looks like I'm getting a little bit of a power flicker here, so if I... I'm not expecting to suddenly disappear, but if some fool has hit a, uh, a power pole and uh, everything goes off, my uh, apologies ahead of time. At this point, there was a brief period of downtime at my end, as the power flicker had indeed knocked my internet connection out. We now return to the action as my access to Discord was restored. Here, and I'll use my jump pack to do so. However, where I can avoid using it in open air for now, I will. Um, but I would be fine to accompany them, if not needed for the extraction, at least while you clean up the mess to make sure they reach safety. We should extract together. If there are anything... If we get them behind us. Then perhaps I should... The Xenos will not pass us once we are in that building. Yeah, very very good way, folks. We will be in a cramped environment. Hi, Rob. Perhaps I should lead the way in, engage anything in close quarters as quickly as possible so that the attention will be off of the children. We're also assuming that we're running into a firefight against a armed and superior than three children foe. I would rather be ready for the worst. We are also missing the very true possibility that these are no longer children. Well, Gladius just killed that conversation. <laughs> Everyone's bewildered. Okay then, folks. So, Marines have killed Hematromatos. What are you doing? Okay, so the plan is that uh, Matthias is going to head in on foot first, uh, followed by the rest of us. Uh, I think uh, Gideon is going to take up the rear uh, and uh, prepare to lay down a unholy, well, a holy rain of bullets if the need be. Uh, but I think the, we're, we're basically planning to march in Matthias first, potentially combat extract uh, using us as mobile cover to get the people out if it's necessary, if we can. Sounds good. All right, then. So Matthias is entering the building first. Yes. Okay. All right, then. Is he using a door? (laughs) Yeah, straight through the same door they walked in. (laughs) God, suddenly reminds me of the young ones. He's coming through the doors. Brilliant! He didn't even open them! (laughs) Like the Kool-Aid man. Mm. Oh, dear. It's sort of... uh, Interesting to imagine the two ways that this could go. 
we've either got Brother Matthias basically um, doing the uh, uh, the standard cinematic tactical manoeuvre of uh, making his way over to the doorframe, um, moving along the wall, and then basically uh, palming uh, palming the door open, bolt pistol in one hand, and sort of snapping back, and then you know moving around, or whether he just does it badass swagger style, step straight step straight over to the door, and um, just swings it open so that from inside you uh, uh, you see the fitful uh, light and the fires from outside, sort of uh, uh, giving him a, a a dark glowering profile, if you know what I mean. You're missing the um, the shining chainsword. You, uh, you're you're forgetting the the shining chainsword revving cut through the door, screaming, "Here's Johnny!" <laughs> well, no, I'm I, just uh, gonna push. The door I figured he was just gonna boot it open. You can't I mean, do a cool entrance anyway. They don't make glasses big enough that go on top of uh, helmets. Hmm. The shades are too small. Yeah. But yeah, I'll just kick the door open. <laughs> All right then. So basically, Hopefully the kids aren't on the other side. Just... Sorry, um, you were speaking at the same time, Gladys? Yeah, I said, hopefully the kids aren't on the other side of the door. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God, it seems like we're being um, besieged with technical issues this morning. Um, Sim Brother Avalon is having some troubles, and uh, Windows has chosen this perfect moment, as Windows likes to do, especially lately, to update on her. So, uh, fingers crossed she'll another, be back soon. But, um... Another tick in the box in the endless war between Mac and PC. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And I'm back. Ah, fantastic. So, from the sounds of it, Windows didn't take that long to update. No, no, my computer's that fast, and that's how quickly it takes to reset. Ah, marvellous. All right. So, Brother Matthias, sure in his uh, might and authority as a space marine, steps over to the door of this large structure, which, uh, for those more familiar with the uh, ways of the common folk of the Imperium, will probably identify it as a warehouse. Rears back, raises his uh, booted foot and kicks it open. Um, And such is the strength of a space marine that it basically swings open, bangs on the wall on the inside, uh, bounces back as Matthias steps through and basically splinters on him. So it would have been one of those... It would have been one of those wonderful moments where had he had it been a regular person not wearing armor, they probably would have gotten smacked in the face. But as indeed Matthias is a space marine, it just pretty much adds to the whole machismo thing. But anyway, inside this warehouse, of course, it is dark. There are holes in the roof from the rain. Uh, that rain is coming through. Uh, but in your marine helmet, the darkness impedes your vision naught. You can see as well in this warehouse uh, as if it were 
uh, bright midday, although you can still, um, uh, for cinematic purposes, it still somehow looks dark and yet perfectly clear to your senses. Uh, you are in ahead of you immediately. There is a clear area, and you can see overtone, overtoned, overturned loading equipment and a fallen large rack of shelves, and beyond them are large uh, racks and pallets and containers that obscure your full view of the far end, but you can see a motion of some sort uh, that looks to be about... Uh, at least a good 50 meters away from your current position at the doorway. Are the ceilings high enough in this thing to fly? Yes. Um, the ceiling, uh, fairly standard for uh, a warehouse, you would say uh, it's about uh, a good 10 to 15 meters, enough for you uh, to be able to... Um, make a, a decent jump or a hover or uh, definitely get altitude above the ground level without hitting the roof. Gladius just asked, are the ceilings strong enough to stop me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the better question is, Fair are the ceilings point. strong enough to stop you from flying? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to take to the air and see if I can see a clearer view of anything. Okay. Uh, all right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, would you also... What can I hear? Ooh. Okay, uh, make for me, Brother Avalon, if you will. Uh, let me see. Can you give me a straight-up perception roll? We'll say it's an awareness skill test, and you can add, because you are wearing your mighty Space Marine helmet, plus 20 to your perception. So uh, roll the total of your perception plus 20, minus 1d100. Okay, just opening my character sheet again. So my perception is 36, which isn't great. No, but plus 20 is 56. Um, good point. Oh, yeah. Are you actually sort no, of proceeding inside after, um, uh, after Matthias? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. I, I step through and, and have a listen as I'm stepping into the room. All right, and I rolled a 17. Okay. So that's definitely under 50. That is definitely under 56, and that gives you 27, 37, Um Yeah, that gives you three degrees of success. So as you step in, uh, just before Brother Matthias ignites his jump pack and uh, uh, tries to get a better view... Uh, you attune your helmet's auditory senses to the far end of the room. 
and uh, make adjustments to filter out the ambient rain, and you can hear multiple hushed voices. Um, you can hear a couple of... Uh, a handful of it sounds like of, of children's voices. Uh, a couple of them are just crying. Um, one of them, uh, a female voice from the sounds of it, is is saying, "But, um, but Aunt Kelly told us that, told us to stay where she, to stay where we were until she got back. Why, why are we here?" And uh, you hear this this older voice saying. You know, saying it's okay, it's all right, it'll all it'll all make sense soon. Just wait, they'll be, uh, just wait. One, they'll be here in a minute, and it'll all make sense. Okay, and, I am um, going and, um, to point at the direction that all the voices are coming from, and hold up four fingers in my other hand. Okay. All right then. Uh, at that moment, Brother Matthias engages his jump pack, and um, so are you. You're not doing a full-on jump. You're basically uh, using the the hover and flight function of your jump pack. Now, uh, in this mode, just so you know, uh, you can fly it as such for up to about a minute. But after that, your jump pack is going to need an equivalent amount of time to cool down before you can actually uh, use it to boost your movement uh, or make a, a combat jump again. Sounds fine. Um, I plan to engage and hover toward the direction which Brother Avalon pointed. Okay. Your jump pack, jump pack. roars to life. And rather than hurtling you straight up in the air, uh, make a pilot personal roll for me. Don't botch. So that's basically you're rolling, trying to roll equal to or less Dude. than your agility. That'll do it. For the audience listening at home, well. Matthias just rolled a two. So he will not be incinerating children this day. No, he certainly won't. Yet. So, bloody heck, that's a two. 29-inch monitor displaying all of our sheets. I just spotted that, Matthias. All right. Okay, uh, while anyway. he does that, can I broadcast the audio I just captured to the private box channel? Um... You know what? I have no idea whether that um, whether Space Marine hardware can do that, but you know it's Space Marine kit for crying out loud. It's pretty damn sophisticated. So yeah, why um, wouldn't it be? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm saying yes to that. You certainly can. Okay, now pilot personal is an agility, and brother Matthias has an agility just for just for margin of success forty four. So yeah, that is four full degrees of success. So um. Yes, uh, not only do you manage to uh, kick your, uh, get enough altitude to see over the crates and um, clutter between you and the far end of the warehouse, uh, as you reach the top of the warehouse, you actually find uh, there are, of course, support members across the top uh, for holding the roof up. And um, 
you managed to find yourself a perch on one of these things, so you have got a um, a decent vantage point, and with one hand you're able to hold onto one of the support beams that sort of runs up at a diagonal and step onto one of the horizontal ones, and there is a slight creak as your jump pack disengages and you rest your 400 plus, plus kilograms of weight on it, but the member bears your load. And um, uh, you I vote see... for that to be the uh, podcast episode title. <coughs> the member yeah, bears your load. <laughs> okay. All right, going to have to note that down now. Okay. That's mm. definitely the title. Why am I noting this down in Notepad? I ought to be using... Um, Evernote, so it just automatically gets saved and I can't potentially accidentally delete it. So, where are we? I've just been I'll writing just them in Discord. 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 I got confused. To... I thought I was a Promethean. Mm. You didn't happen to get clever and actually note down those two kids' names that I mentioned earlier on, did you, Scott? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well, I've just made up two new ones and we'll go with that. Inconsequential child one. <laughs> Planetary so, defense four. One. Can I see what? Uh, okay. The children. You do see uh, uh, the children down the far end of these four kids, who, as far as you can see, again not being fully, having been born and raised on the death world of Baal, the home of the Blood Angels, you have lived a, a life from a very young age that is far more brutal and minute-to-minute um, <coughs> -minute threatening of your safety than uh, I'd say perhaps anyone at the Imperium ever has, except there are quite a few death worlds out there and people kind of have to get by as best they can. Um, but still, uh, you have... You've lived a life that is that is certainly beyond the experience of the people of the planet of Avalos, and there there is a, a a couple of the children. While they are all fearful, a couple of them do seem to have um, still, even with all of the nightmare that is going on around them seem to be kind of holding on to um, a little bit of their uh, uh, their courage, their emotional stamina, and are kind of starting to face up to this adult who, um, with your augmenting senses, can see is ill, would perhaps be the best word, and yet still quite vital, not... Um, um, not slowed by their illness. It's almost more of a fever. Uh, okay. And then I tell you what, can you make uh, another... I actually, stuff the awareness roll. That is when you notice uh, more movement at the far end of this warehouse. There is an elevated office structure in the leftmost corner uh, in the direction that you're facing. Uh uh, an elevated structure that uh, is sort of like um, a small floor that is built above the ground, which has an enclosure, and it looks like this is where administrative functions are carried out, and there's a stairway leading up to it. 
And from beneath this, you see two forms move out from underneath the shadow. And they're forms that, Brother Matthias, are quite familiar to you. You are reminded of your time, and all of a sudden, I apologize, folks, I'm having an absolute blank on the fantastic name of the Space Hulk that you, that, uh, you helped cleanse. The Twilight Ages. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, you are reminded of your service uh, in the cleansing of the Twilight Aegis as you see these lean, hunched-over, bipedal creatures step out from the darkness uh, with that have an extra pair of arms coming out from their torso than a normal human being should. But, of course, you recognize them immediately. You know that they are far, far from human. They are gene stealers. And they are approaching... approaching. I'm guessing that it's time for shower. Anybody need some shampoo? (laughs) Brother Matthias um, triggers his Vox channel and speaks to the rest of the squad. Brothers, there are tyrannic here. And as he speaks into his Vox channel, he starts hearing whispers in his head and feet starts feeling um, or seeing a red twinge at the corners of his vision. And he, he shakes his head and repeats into the Vox channel, there are tyrannids here or awaiting orders. Do I engage or stand by? Them. Okay then. It sounds like time to make a roll for initiative. Yes, it does. Can you remind me what that is? <laughs> okay. You roll a d10 and add your agility bonus to it. I got a seven, as did Matthias. Uh, as did as so I got a fourteen. Gideon and Matthias got seven, and Avalon got nineteen. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. That was it should have <laughs> been a three. Um, it should be, it should be. Oh, a ten 12. plus d ten. Yeah, it should be three plus d ten. Put you at twelve. I can just re-roll it. Hang on. Blimey, I'm going first. I'm so going to dive down from these things with my armor screaming, just drop onto them. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. Just flatten them like pancakes. Okay, I finally managed to roll my dice properly, and I got a four. Yikes. Can, can I make that a 12 and do Oof. my... Let's get some... Um, my, my magical ability to create cover. From nothing. Okay. Now, keep in mind, you guys do have a full stock of fate points. And if there is one thing a fate point can do, if you use it, is it gives you an automatic 10 plus your agility on your initiative roll. I'm okay just seeing where it goes for me.
Yeah, I'm grand with 14, to be honest. I want to vox um, to the squad as well that if the human makes a break for it, someone should make it their duty to retrieve him. Yeah, I'll make that my personal responsibility. Sort of, sort of sounds like a job for the guy with the jump pack. That's an even better. No, nah, he's got. A I'm, I'm barely he's keeping got, it together. He's got, I know he's, he's not going to want to do it. But, yeah. I'm barely keeping it together above everybody on the support beam. I don't think babysitting is a good thing for me. All right. Can Go we ahead. see that though? We, we, how would we know? I just does he sound like he's freaking out? Okay, no, fine. I will do that. I will make sure that he does not disappear. Sounds like we're not quite going squad mode yet. A point to note as well, Brother Gladius, since you are the most medically adept, I feel that you should help escort the children to Private Lucas if needed. Sorry, I didn't catch that, buddy. What you say? Since you are the most medically adept, you should provide cover for the children as they are escorted to Lucas. Brother Gideon and I will keep the, oh, the yeah, sure. contacts busy. Of course. All right. Have we lost Rob again? Uh, no, we haven't. Rob is needs to come up with some better way of tracking um, initiative, uh, at least the roles as they're made, and just trying to arrange them in order. Uh, that's going to have to be something on the development list for next time. Uh, all right, then. Did you roll for their initiative? I did, yes. Okay, so let me just go over it very quickly. Uh, 15 to 10, who... I think we've got a couple of sevens. I'm 14. Okay. I'm 12. Okay. All right. Um, Thanks, uh... 9 to 5. Yeah, I'm a seven, yeah. and I believe catch is a seven. Yep. And of the two of you, who has the highest agility? I think it's... I have a 44. 44? I think you two both have 44, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we just are synchronized, I guess. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> All right, so that's Gladius, Avalon. Can Gothi Siri flip a coin? No, she can't. I know that, that Oka Siri can. All right. A, D a D2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, D2 makes sense. Who gets to be odd? 
I'm uh, always odd. All right, all right. <laughs> there you go. I'll be even. I was gonna say, brother Matthias, are you not here getting even? <laughs> all right then. So in that case, uh, top of the initiative order. Oh, it is. Brother Matthias, what? Oh, not brother Matthias, brother Gladius. Take your action. Uh, can I see any of this? Like, mm. I'm, I'm aware that, like, we know which direction they're coming from, but I, I think there's boxes in between me and what's going on. Yeah, unfortunately, you cannot see any of it. Um, aside from odd glimpses of movement from where you are, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all you can see. There's nothing uh, specifically that you can make out. Uh, in that case, I'm going to go full movement and sprint. Um, I'm basically, I'm tracing the arc that Brother Matthias has just started falling in. Okay. Um, and basically, you're just going to keep trying to go that way. If there's boxes in the way, I mean, this wasn't like, there's no labels that say explosive or anything, right? No, there aren't. Um, aside from flammable to, warnings on the back of the... Stuff out of the, my way. Yeah. Basically, the only flammable but warnings if, you can if it, see... If it looks safe, I'll shoulder barge. Ah, okay. Um... Now, what is your full uh, run move, by the way? Two shape. Yeah. I should have everything... Um, uh, 13. Waha. Okay. Yeah, I just, had to, I just had to go on the page. It's 30. Okay. You are able to sprint all right then uh you go sprinting past I'll also be reflexively pulling my pistols as well of course so you go sprinting past and underneath brother Matthias's position in the beam at the um uh, the top of the uh, warehouse, and you fetch up against a large... Uh, ahead of you is a large uh, lot of containers, too tightly clustered to actually uh, see through, but um, potentially, if there were something on the other side of it, you could quite well shoot through and hit it, although, uh, again, line of sight is very rough. So uh, you come yeah, to Yeah, the only problem halt. with that is I can't remember how tall the kids are, so... No worries. Um, on you guys, pretty much hip height. If not a little smaller. Um, that still seems risky. Can I vault over these things? Uh, I'm a freaking super soldier. Can I go over them? Or am I literally pulling short on my movement just, to, just behind them? Okay, I thought you were saying how short the how short the kids were. Sorry, no. Uh, this actual thing no, I, no. I was asking how ah. short the kids were. Yeah, because um, if I couldn't see them, I wasn't just going to shoot through the barrels just in case they were climbing them. Oh uh, yeah, no. The from what you can gather from where you've come to, there is still uh, about a good twenty meters between you and uh, where these kids are and where these gene stealers are heading toward. So you still oh, don't so have we might be able sight. to like, interpose. Hmm? Oh, okay, cool. 
Yeah. So we might be able to interpose. Okay, cool. Well, that, right. that's my action anyway. I'm, I'm pulling up as close as I can. Okay, no worries. Okay. Uh, let me just see whether... I'm not being particularly stealthy either. Like no I'm a space marine, I'm running. Clumping up and now, do I have to capitalize the D in this? No, I don't. Okay. So not being particularly stealthy, uh Though you don't see it, uh, Matthias, you do. One of the Gene Stealers uh, at least reacts to uh, Brother Gladius making his uh, charging approach. And The suspense is killing. <laughs> uh, in a burst of the inhuman speed that you have seen these monsters display, you see it immediately come sprinting forward, uh, sinuously weaving its way around the large structures uh, and uh, clusters of containers between um, uh, it and Brother Gladius, and it, in a flash, it is next to him. And... completely fails to strike at Brother Gladius with its frenzy of claws. <laughs> I have totally seen that cat video. So yeah, just, just um, Gladius puts his hand on its head and it flails and can't reach him. <laughs> no, pretty much either that or it. It basically it does in a strange, obscene alien parody of uh, Tom Cruise at the beginning of Risky Business slides around the corner and tries to slash out at you and just basically, you know, there's this wonderful slow motion thing as its momentum kind of carries it slightly past you. And you can see this look of, although it is hard to make any expression out on the uh, the face of a foul Xenos, uh, this anger and frustration as its claws carve nothing but air. See, have you guys seen the pictures on the internet of the cats that do the whole line-up wiggle butt thing, then they launch, but their 
sort of feet slip and as they leap forward they just sort of go maybe half an inch and then fall to the floor no so it would i had a prone splat limbs yeah i probably uh, i just realized i should have had added plus 20 to that roll because it was a it was a charge but um uh, all right, what the hell? Let's just, for argument's sake, let's see what it does. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Brother Gladius, subtract your armor. Uh, now, for a... 95 would be hit on 59, which I'm pretty sure is a body hit. Didn't it miss? Uh, it didn't, because I forgot to add in the plus 20 it got because it was charging. Uh, so my apologies, okay. especially after no, that no exaggerated. Um, but plus 20 would still be a, a miss, I think. Not exactly. So um, where are we? The weapon skill of a gene stealer is 65. Actually, yes, it would be, wouldn't it? Because it'd still be negative ten. That would still be, that would still be a quite a significant miss. So my apologies for that. Ignore. I am my math is all over the place. Um, okay, so restore that previous I am comment about the thing sliding past right you. Now. <laughs> all right, um, Avalon. It is now your turn. Okay, I'm going to jump onto Vox and say. Do you need me anywhere in particular with my grenades right now, or do you think it's worth me fortifying this area in case we need to fall back later? Sir. Do we have an, do, do we have an opportunity to respond to that? Um, probably not in this turn, as that's a fairly substantial message, and generally turns are about five seconds. So I'll consider that... Um, Avalon, you can say that, uh, and you can still do something else with your actions, or um, uh, you can, or perhaps you can declare a hold. But uh, you'll need to tell me the circumstances that you'll be waiting for, um, that you're waiting for, in order to uh, remove the hold and take action. Just as a question, Rob, do you get cover saves against melee? Um. If there is cover between you and the creature that is attacking you, like if you happen to be uh, fighting over a gravestone or something like that, for want of a better example, yes. But um, generally... Uh, but in, in this instance, it's very unlikely, would you say? In this instance, basically the thing had enough movement to pretty much run straight around... If you think of it, you pretty much fetched up against a large structure near its corner, and it ran around that corner and is engaging you directly. Well, like so, in my head, I see this as lots of corridors that are made of like made of boxes, rather than there's lots of cover around. But essentially, I like with all the best intention in the world, I don't want Sim to waste an action for something that won't give us a bit, like won't give us a benefit. Mm -hmm. I don't want Sim to feel like she's done something useless. And I don't want, like, I personally, like, think grenades in a warehouse where you don't know what's in the boxes might just be a horrible idea. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I don't throw grenades inside, um, which I established in our first session in the pub. Um, <laughs> I, I play 40K. That's a terrible, terrible idea. Okay. Anyway, so give me your call, Brother Avalon. What are you doing? I'm going to say the preceding thing over the Vox, and I'm mm. going to hold, and I'm going to keep an eye on that gene stealer on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um if it gets up and tries to go anyone, I'm going to unload my guns into it. Okay. Um, and the same as any other. If I if another gene stealer pops up and it looks like it's going to go someone, I'm going to unload my guns into it. But my full attention will be on that one on the floor that's just splattered in front of uh, yeah. Brother Gladius. Yeah. With a 95, absolutely. Okay. Okay, and just as an aside, Gene Steelers on Ice is actually now my favourite um, episode title. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Episode name, Crew Slide. I'm sorry, Doragon, but I'm afraid Gene Steelers on Ice beats that, I'm afraid. Uh, but good call. Or was that? Uh, oh, oh, actually, were you just reading what um, uh, Laura? Were you just reading what Doragon put in, or? Yeah, totally. Oh, taking so credit. Was, oh, God. Apologies, Doragon. So sorry, you've topped yourself in that regard. I gave credit to Sim when it should have been given to you. Um, thank you very much. That is brilliant. All right. Uh, in that case, the next action. Uh, where are we? There we go. All right, Gladius, from behind you, you hear a loud splintering crashing noise as what sounds like a container has erupted. And suddenly... You feel... Oh, that's not great. That roll's not... Are we telling everyone what the rolls are? Uh, yes, absolutely. So I just rolled uh, against a target of 85 and got a 14. So that is seven degrees of success. GG, guys. GG. So with a 17, uh, that is a hit, Gladius, to your right arm. And unfortunately, with a penetration of 10, it pretty much ignores your armor. So subtract your toughness bonus from 29. So sorry, what... Like I think I might have missed part of the description. Like it was a, it was a tub of acid. Oh no, it wasn't. You don't know because it happened behind you. But you suddenly feel slashed at and stabbed from behind. Oh, okay, it's right. Okay, but I just from your description, it sounded like chemicals spilled out. Um. 
Okay. No or worries. I'll keep, that in mind for, I'll keep that in mind for future descriptions. Thank you. Okay. Like it, so, it sounded like there was slosh, like, yeah. Okay, no. that's where I got confused. So how much yeah. damage? Okay, 29. Well, that's me on minus 10. Bloody heck. Okay. It's 29 minus your, also, your toughness bonus. So did we get a clarification on that? Uh, what is your toughness bonus? Uh, my ladies? toughness is 8. Okay, so that's 21. Uh, how, however, right, so here's my issue. Uh, mm -hmm. You said it was my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my arm on my arm is eight. My yeah. toughness is eight. Yeah. Which brings me down to... So that would have been 16. Brings me down to six. Right? Okay. One, one so 29 problem. minus six is 23. Okay. It's, it's 29 with a penetration of 10 which is higher than your armor value. So it ignores your armor. And then so you just take off your toughness bonus from the 29. Yep. Uh, so, uh, oh damn math. So my toughness is 20, 21 damage. And how many- 21, 21 damage. damage. Did this all happen zero, too fast zero, for me to be able to shoot at it? No, just, no, it was, a, it was a barrel exploding behind me. You were concentrating on the gene stealer on the floor. The gene stealer that just burst out of a crate and attacked Gladius from behind was not that gene stealer. Okay, gotcha. So, Rob, do you need me to roll on the critical damage, or do you want to roll on the critical well, damage? Okay, I just want to make sure um, how many uh, we've agreed that after toughness bonus you're taking 21 points zero, of damage. Buddy. What's your wounds? I'm on minus two. You're on minus two. Okay. All right, then. Um, Brother Gladius, uh, I will leave the first critical damage roll of the game to yourself. So, actually, no, it's not a roll. It's, it's negative two. So, on the... Where, uh, is it oh, impact explosive? Rending. So deep cuts cause the target to drop whatever was held and inflicts one level of fatigue. Okay. Um, does it also right? So just to double check, now that I'm on, now that I've lost all my hits, mm -hmm. any damage is now critical damage. That's correct, right? Exactly. Oh, and one thing okay. to keep in mind: sorry, you're a space marine and you have true grit, which means that any critical damage that you take is halved. Uh, okay, so my Narthesium has just been destroyed. Okay, the slashing attack tears anything free that was held in this arm. Yeah, considering that was built into my armor. Okay, so your Narthesium so has basically been knocked to the ground. And my Narthesium. Nah, dude, it's built into my armor. It's either uh, ripped the arm off the armor or it's destroyed. Okay. So if you want to make a call on that, I'm perfectly happy for it to be destroyed. Okay, I am not cruel enough... Fair. I am not cruel enough to take the Narthesium out, I especially am. considering this is... Well, thank God you've got a merciful... Thank the Emperor that you have a merciful GM, Brother Gladius. So I will say 
Um, we'll say for argument's sake that your armor from the elbow down, the Gene Stealer's claw clasps it, severs a lot of the major structure, and basically, as well as leaving deep gouges in your forearm itself, uh, tears the thing free. So uh, the Narthesium and the general armor about it are still intact. They are just no longer on your person. Okie doke. Okay. All right, then. Having learned that, Matthias, your turn. Is the other gene stealer still um, at the end of the room? Yes, there is still one gene stealer down there. I'd like to test to ignite my jump pack and charge into it. Okay. Now, from memory, I think as uh, uh, as you're basically you're pretty much making a standard combat jump, effectively, which is uh, considered a charge anyway. Don't bother with a pilot personal roll. Just give me a weapon skill, uh, a roll versus your weapon skill test. Plus, I am pretty sure with the charge, it's ten. Is this an attack roll? Because if it's, if it's an attack roll, it gets another plus 10 on weapon okay. skill. Because it's against the Tyranid. Oh, that's right. It is too. Okay, so i tell you what, put it as... Uh, Scott, put it as forward slash I don't R. think it makes a difference, though. Now, what is actually... What is your... Let's have a look at your cheat sheet. What is your skill? Um, so a charge... Uh, roll 1d1... 85 minus 1d100. Actually, sorry, 75 minus 1d100. Oh, hang on a second. Let me try that. Okay. Well, congratulations. You ignite your jetpack, go hurtling like a meteor. The intervening distance between yourself and the other gene stealer, and you see you get a brief glimpse even in your... Uh, as the red starts to creep in from the edges of your vision and you tunnel down onto... Your focus tunnels down onto this foul Xenos in front of you. You see, you still notice the uh, stunned and amazed glances of the four children and this young man who were standing next to it. So, give me a damage roll, which is going to be, uh, with your chainsword, 1d10 plus 10. You need to remember to put a space between the forward slash R and the dice. Mm. 
my phone makes this awful. Ah. Uh. I use autocorrect to put in the slash uh, space. It makes it a bit easier. Thank you. Also, can I put in a request that after Matthias slams this guy's back into the hells it came from that I perhaps notice that a gene stealer has ripped off the arm of Brother Gladius and shoot the crap out of it? Uh, I would say so. Uh, also, I rolled a 19. Okay, fantastic. So that's 19... Uh, minus four, thanks to its armor being penet uh, being penetrated by your chainsword. That is 15 points of damage. So, you charge into this thing, and what you were, I think, trying to do uh, last time with attempting to charge straight into that rebel leader who was calling you out and pretty much stab him in a you know a, a rocket assisted charge with your chainsword this time it succeeds it's hard to tell what makes more noise the roar of your jetpack or the choking rending snarl of your chainsword and you can see uh, you sort of notice in a in a grimly humorous moment uh, the words in Omnibus Excelsior inscribed on it disappear within the Gene Stealer as you shove, you basically shoulder charge the thing and let your momentum shove the roaring chainsword into it. And the thing goes, as you, uh, as you basically skewer it on your chainsword. So, nice work, sir. Congratulations. Unfortunately, even despite this wound that it has suffered, it is still alive, but not much. Okay, Gideon, your turn. So, ahead of you, just to let you know, uh, mm -hmm. you have a pretty clear view of what has just happened with Brother, Brother Gladius. You can see... Uh, the gene stealer that initially had tried to attack him and slipped past, and the one that has burst from uh, the uh, container structure that he was pressed up against, and then basically from behind grasped his arm and ripped his narthesium free. Now, there is, if there's only one problem, if you are going to be shooting, you are going to be shooting into close combat which means that you may be taking... Oh, minus, it's a um, minus 20, I think. With you, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I mean, yeah. you're all, if you with with your heavy bolter, you're rolling... Hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, you're rolling um, what? Let's see. <laughs> I think it's versus... Uh, if they're in short range, I'm pretty sure it's against 102. If I'm calculating that right, because it's Let's a have 62... A look, Yep. And then so, I get um, so plus yeah. 10 from the oath, plus mm. 10 from 
uh, range and plus 20 for a full auto. Yeah. So basically, unmodified. Well, with those modifiers, you'd be rolling 102. As you yeah. are shooting into close combat, that is back down to 82. Yeah. If that's so they what are, you want to do. Yeah. Are they? Uh, how close are they to each other? The two gene stealers. Oh, they're basically on either side of Brother Gedeon, so they're really within a couple of meters of each other. Okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah. All right. So you're going to try and split your fire. Uh, depending on how many degrees of success, I think I may just f focus on one and try to take it down mm. rather than divide it right now. Yeah. Uh, if Jan, furthermore, each degree of success scores an extra hit, can be allocated or with any other targets within two meters, that counts, provided none of the new targets would have been harder to hit than the original target. It's not, uh, in fact, it's easy to hit because it's not in bloody close combat. Uh, if extra, so yeah, basically, I can hear dice being rolled. Let's just get an idea. Uh, have they been rolled? Uh, I got uh, forty-two, which is four degrees of success. All right. So yes, that is one hit plus four extra hits because of your four degrees of success. How are you spreading them out? Um. Hang on. How much damage do I do? It's uh. I think I'm going to do three to one and two to the other. All right, then. Okay, so let's... I assume the three to the one is the one that's going after... that has actually damaged Brother Gladius? Yeah, sure. All right, give me three 2D... Um, actually, let's just see... Yeah, how do I roll this? Because it's, it's three hits... Uh, and because it's tearing, I roll Have a quick an extra look. dice and drop the lowest or something. No worries. Have a quick look. One of the things I did for you guys between sessions is that I did a dice roll sheet uh, that's in the Google Drive under the Kill Team Scott Ian Sim Rebel folder. I've got to rename that now. Um, but uh, if you want, what I will do is I will copy one... And you can, uh, I'll put it in once and you can basically copy paste it. So there we go. Your first hit is a 19. And does this thing have penetration? I think it does, doesn't it? Not a lot, but uh, uh, yeah. five. Well, penetration five. It's not bad. Um, okay. Is there so, any way to do this whole thing just times three or do i have to put it in three times you do have to put it in two more times for because you never know you might get righteous fury on the other rolls uh no and no okay so for each of things uh you've got penetration five so take one off for or basically take seven off each so that's going to be 11 uh actually no it's going to be, be a 12. 9 11 and 12 uh which would put me at 32 total, I think. Okay. Um, Brother Gladius, uh, after feeling uh, the uh, sting is the wrong word, but the sharp stabbing pain of the gene stealer behind you stabbing into you, uh, you and the dampness of your arm as it bleeds, although it, thanks to your space marine constitution, it heals over very quickly, you feel a a, 
a, um, a, a thumping pattering on your back and a moist spray on your exposed right arm. And from experience and from the uh, thump, 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 thump of Brother Gideon's heavy bolter, you are pretty sure that the threat behind you is a threat no more. Avalon's trying to have a turn, by the way. Yeah, I think um, I think maybe I do need to look at those rules for holding. So uh, I tell you what, Avalon um, will resolve uh, Brother Gideon's yeah. uh, two, two more shots to... on the other Gene Steeler, and then we'll let you take a shot. So. Also, did you know Space Marines don't bleed? Yes, I believe they they sort of bleed very quickly, and they go. And they coagulate almost instantaneously. There's maybe a little bit of bleeding, and then it just scabs over. Well, scabs over is an understatement. It becomes a hardened plaque of whatever it is that Space Marines, you know, have instead of blood. Okay, so 21 minus 7 is 14. 19 minus 7 is 12. That's 26. Um, Brother Avalon, I hate to disappoint you, but, um, that other gene stealer, the one that you were hoping to attack once it got up, it's not getting up. Okay, so that was the one that burst out of the crate, um, and smacked Gladius. Oh, it burst out of the crate, right. Now I understand where I misunderstood the description. Yeah. I was trying I to be clear because you exploded. couldn't actually see what was going on with your attention being the one in front of you. Um, yeah. So, well... So actually, the second gen steer is currently Kasplat a short distance from Brother Gladius. And was there a third one or am I now confused? No, there was a third one that has not acted yet. So if you want, we can say for argument's sake as it's up next... Uh, you can hold until it makes its move. Well, actually, um, it's engaged with um, it's engaged with Brother Matthias, but uh, I have a precedent for this sort of situation. Oh no, but I'm not allowed to throw grenades inside, am I? <laughs> um, all right. For argument's sake, let me say. Um, and have I got you on the battle map? Yes, I do. Uh, you do see uh, another gene stealer burst in on the right-hand wall from the outside. So before it take it does anything else, uh, Brother Avalon, feel free to take a pot shot at it. Awesome. Hang on, let me go copy off my sheet sheet. Am I right to go semi-auto on this thing? Absolutely. It's a full action, but you can certainly go semi-auto. As you've basically not moved at all. That's two degrees of success, which I believe on semi-auto gives you an extra hit. 
So, if you can copy your bolter damage and paste it in twice... People ain't forgetting them plus tens, are they? Oh, that's a good point. Well, um, even with that plus ten... Uh... That would still be... It's three degrees of success, but you only get an extra hit on semi-auto with every two. And can you do that once more for me, Brother Avalon? Yeah, it's better. I got a 14, a 14, and a 19. Oh, okay. Oh, that was two fourteen. Sorry, I thought you'd only got one fourteen. So, um, so yeah, the two fourteens count. Minus seven gives you seven. So, fourteen. Okay. You watch as two of your volley of, I believe it's three on semi-auto, bolt shells tear into the gene stealer that has just appeared, and you hear it screech as the explosive bolts tear into it from within. And, uh, let's see. Uh, unfortunately, the monster is still on its feet. And seeing you, it comes as you kind of took it by surprise this turn and it didn't have a target. Uh, it attempts rather than come straight at you, you see it move behind the fallen rack of shelves and seemingly disappear. From your experience in your training, you know that it hasn't. It is still there, and technically it's still visible. It's just that gene stealers are very good at not being seen when they don't want to be. If you want to take another shot at it during your turn, you are going to need to make a perception uh, or an awareness test in order to spot, in order to spot it. Okay, understood. All right. Which leaves Brother Matthias the one that is uh, that you just attacked, uh, basically uh, pulls itself back, and um, uh, does something very wily and most unexpected. Uh, it reaches out. Uh, grabs the nearest person it can reach, which, given his height, actually turns out to be William, and grabs it, draws him close, and wraps one of its two clawed hands. Uh, this gene stealer appears to be a, a local strain, so while, as you know, the pure varieties, each of its forearms ends in a very nasty set of talons, as Brother Gladius just discovered. Um, 
but in this case, it's two lower sets of arms end in what look more like regular hands, and it starts moving slowly backward. I'm going to scream to the children to run if I do have that action. Mm. So just to clarify, just grabbed him by the head and started dragging him away. Kind of. It's sort of like, you know, using it as a, using him as a, a body shield with its claw. Uh, it's sort of like got two arms wrapped around him, the lower arms wrapped around him, and a claw grasping his throat. I mean, oh, really, guys, don't worry about if you hit him, because we can just eat his brain and get the knowledge that way. Conversation killer strikes again. <laughs> All we want to do is eat your brains. Anyway, <clears throat> top of the round. <laughs> Gladius, you big cranial carnivore. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, no, okay, Gladius, so... you're not that. You're not that good, mate. Sorry to take a bit. But okay, your no, turn. I'm not, I'm not Matthias. I'm not Matthias. Um, okay, so I think the only reasonable thing to do in this situation is to follow whatever's still in front of me. Okay. Um, The good news is there is nothing immediately in front of you. Thanks to Brother Gideon, um, the two gene stealers that were in your immediate vicinity, uh, one is paced and the other one um, is not getting up from where it fell. But you did notice another gene stealer enter pretty much from about 10-15 metres ahead of you, and then attempt to hide itself in a fallen set of shells nearby. So oh, if shit, you want to take a shot them. at it, Jesus you Christ. need to make an awareness test. Okay, uh, I get plus 20 because I'm a space marine. Indeed you do. Uh, so what am I rolling? Okay, so roll... Put in forward slash R, then your total of your perception plus 20 minus 1D100. Yeah, sorry, I'm on push to talk and I'm trying to swap between um, swap between to read stuff. So my perception is 38. Okay, plus 20 is 58, so you want to roll 58 minus 1d100. I got to 49. Four degrees of success. Although the Gene Stealer has attempted to blend into the shadows and the clutter near the fallen set of shelves, you still have a visual on it and can draw a bead on it. So my my question to you is, how far away from me is it? Is it about you said about twenty feet? Um, about fifteen meters. So, yeah, uh, with a bolt pistol, I believe you also as a um, an apothecary, you do still have a bolt gun. But you will, you did mention your bolt pistols are drawn at the moment. Uh, They're also favoured war gear. So indeed. Like. So yeah. Um, Bolt pistol, 15 to 60. Where are you? Where is it? Well, you can. Um, yes, it is within short range of your bolt pistol. Okay, so sadly, my plus 10 bonus, because of knowledge, 
both mm-hmm. is cancelled out by my one point of fatigue. Ah. Um, however, is it close enough for me to gain a bonus because of how close it is? Yep, plus 10 for short range. So you are rolling, you need to roll 60 minus 1d100. And I assume, are you are you doing semi-auto or are you taking a single shot? Uh, it's going to be semi-auto. Uh, okay. However, I do have a... My my standard is 60, mm-hmm. but short range is that not an extra plus 10? That is, that is 70. So that's 41. No worries. So that is four degrees of success. That means uh, all three Three of your Semyota Bolter shots hit. So yes, give me... Nineteen and fifteen. Okay, so minus eight that, to uh, all of those. That nineteen is uh, Rage Fury. Oh, it is too because you got a ten. So give me another d a bit for crying out loud with the amount of between. Roll is for argument's sake. Give me that extra d ten. Uh, just forward slash R, bloody. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm um, um, I'm using IRC command. Uh, four. Okay, so that's basically plus four to uh, that nineteen, which makes it twenty-three. Um, yeah, another gene stealer, uh, even with. The protection of the fallen set of shelves between you and it, um, it falls to the ground unmoving. It is, if it's not paced, it's fairly close to. Congratulations. That's me. Okay. So, uh, Brother Matthias, uh, you what? Uh, basically, all you can do is watch. As the final gene stealer uh, makes a leap and doesn't bother to take William with it, um, crashes through a high window at the back of the warehouse and vanishes. You can hear um, the inhumanly rapid footfalls of the thing as it uh, dashes off into... um, the depths of the Portica district. I'm going to engage my jump pack, fly out the same window, and see if I can see it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, then. Now, as you're fairly down the initiative order, but pretty much everything else that you guys are up against is dead, it doesn't really matter all that much. So, um, yes, uh... You fly. Uh, you follow it out through the broken window. Um, come to uh, a landing in a a fairly narrow space outside the warehouse, and there is a basically it's narrow because there is another warehouse within a short distance of it. It there's a roadway in between that you could get one, maybe two, largest cargo vehicles in. Um, 
there's no sign in the warehouse ahead of you that it's um, uh, broken into it. You look left, you look right. There are enough turns that it could take to basically take it out of your line of sight. And from your hearing, you do think it is gone somewhere to your left, but no, you have no visual on it. Basically, it, in a matter of seconds, managed to sprint around about 70 meters. In the absence of the Tyranids, the redness starts to uh, dissipate, and I come more to my senses. I turn around and see if I can re-enter the warehouse from this side and join the squad inside. Okay. Uh, You do find another doorway, which, uh, despite the fact that um, it is locked, does not stop you. And uh, with yet another crunch, you re-enter the warehouse. I'm just going to look around and see if any of my, like, just basically see if I can find any of my squad mates and what they may be doing. Okay. So, the rest of Kill Team Atromatos, what are you doing at the moment? Can we get a quick recap about where the remaining uh, gene stealers are uh, uh, compared to our locations? Okay. Uh, The only surviving gene stealer just exited stage rear. The rest of them, uh, there are two puddles of chitinous alien goo Uh, on either side of Brother Gladius, and there is another one uh, behind the set of shelves where the Gene Stealer that you shot at uh, disappeared behind. Okay, and the kids are on the other side of the shelves of the goo? They're down the far end of the warehouse uh, near where Brother Matthias was. Okay, I'm going to be heading down there pretty quickly and see if I can grab this fucking kid. (laughs) Okay. So you jog down the back of the warehouse and you can see there are these four children just standing there with their arms uh, wrapped around each other, just trying to recover from the the horror they just witnessed and uh, perhaps trying to adjust to the fact that, yes, they have been... Rescued. Great. Where's Lucas? Okay. Um, She is still outside the warehouse, back down the other end where you guys came in. (laughs) Also crying and pooping. (laughs) I'm going to Vox and ask the status of the children. Um, they all look all right. They're a bit shaken up. Mm. Which one of you is William? Um, okay. Good point. I'd actually clean forgot about him. All right. William is, uh, is separate from these other, separate from these other four. Uh, you notice that he is actually, uh, sort of standing by the window that, uh, the gene stealer and then brother Matthias uh, went out of, and um, you, you you sort of notice him looking up, and then 
he sort of looks left, looks right. You're standing behind him, so he's not noticed you. And uh, sees a door further down near the office structure, which is in the um, far left corner, and rushes toward it. Don't make me run. I'm running after the bastard. Okay. He doesn't need both legs. <laughs> Don't run. You live. All right. Pretty much, yes, it has been a very intense... Um, well, it's been more like 10 seconds, really, because you guys pretty much completed two rounds of combat. Um, just a quick note from Gladius Aurelius, but, uh, uh, yeah, you, uh, basically, William flings open the door and is about to hurl himself through it when you catch up with him, and I assume you pretty much just put, uh, a gauntleted hand on his shoulder and yank him backward. Shoulder, I picked a little screwed up by his head. Ooh, okay, so it's the hand of the bed. And he's sort of... Um, yeah, you hear his legs like working underneath. Like, like as you grab it, basically, yeah, wrap your mitt around the, the top of his head, although you are larger than the average human. Your, glo- your glove is not quite big enough to wrap around, you know, even with your fingers extended, his entire cranium, but you do pretty much get him by the top of his skull and with a vice like grip, lift him into the air. And he sort of, you know, grabs up and puts his hands um, in a combination of trying to uh, grab a hold so that he's not quite just suspended by his neck and beat whatever it is that's got him picked up uh, off to, of course, pretty much no avail. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, he, he's just hanging and wiggling, uh, his legs wiggling. Oh, bloody heck, very nice, Scott. That is great. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so you've got this kid and what, well, kid, young man, what are you doing with him? I'm going to walk back to where the other kids are. Actually, no, I'm going to walk back. Um, to where Lucas is and hopefully um, the other gents will bring the kiddies with us. Okay. All right, so you go basically trudging past the kids. Uh, I'm imagining you walking along, uh, not with your hand lifted up anymore, but you're kind of, you've just got it um, rested next to you and you're pretty much dragging William by his head as he basically is alternately trying to wrap his hands around your wrist so his neck, you know, head doesn't get wrenched off um, from his shoulders. Uh, shoulders Yes, and I can hear the the, the teenage whine from here about life being not fair. Well... Um, We're still going to keep walking. Yeah, exactly. Um, Although it's interspersed with more like, um, uh, uh, you know, my my lord was here, I must go to my lord! I'm going to Vox in and say, um, Brother Gladius, perhaps you and Brother Avalon can question William and Gideon and I will round up the other children and bring them to Lucas. That seems like a very good idea. Followed by the sound of like, shuka, shuka, shuka. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use my, uh, my fixative spray to reattach my arm. Uh, 
for a second I thought you were talking about shaking William up and wrenching his head off and the blood spraying from it, but then, oh God, I don't know, I've been watching too much Ninja Scroll. just pointed out that he can't lie if we've eaten his brain. Yeah. Mm, this is what I said. But does anyone listen to the crazy cannibal? No. <laughs> okay. So anyway... I say you, we do both. You um, walk along dragging this... Uh, uh, this uh, this man behind you, um, and you can't you hear the footsteps of the um, children following along behind, and uh, uh, still at the moment just too stunned to speak. And then um, uh, you uh, rejoin uh, the rest of your battle brothers at this end of the warehouse, uh, just as. Uh, uh, just as Sergeant Charles and Private Lucas uh, step through the door, las guns raised, uh, assuming that because the uh, the bolter fire has stopped, um, it's likely safe, but still um, just making sure in case. And uh, uh, you see Lucas sort of like uh, do a, a professional sweep of the room, and then she sees uh, the children... Uh, coming up in tale of you, Brother Avalon. And her eyes sort of widen, uh, immediately widen, and she's, uh, she's professional enough not to immediately drop her gun and go running over, but she still says, um, uh, she still says, Anthony, Shara, and the two kids, uh, immediately their eyes go wide, and um, uh, they say, Auntie Kelly, and just basically dash around Brother Avalon and... Uh, barrel into her and she tries to wrap them up as much as she can in one arm with the other one still holding the lasgun at uh, at the semi-ready. All right, Battle Brothers, what are you doing now? Uh, so after reattaching my arm, mm. um, I think probably... I will deal with my wounds later, and I will start walking towards the uh, start walking towards the group of uh, soldiers. I also think that we think Matthias needs to leave quite rapidly mm. out of character. Yeah, I think so. Well, is there? I tell you what. In that case, is there anything else that you guys want to do before we call it? I've just had all the lights get turned off here in Warhammer Fest. Um, so maybe they want to go Last to bed. Last orders, gentlemen. Last okay. orders. I mean, it's what? One o'clock where you are at yeah. the moment? Yeah. All right, then. I'd like well, to start with the interrogation of William next time. That yeah, sounds like a good. bloody good idea. Okay. All right. Cheers, guys. All right, then. Have a good one, Scott. And in that case... Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you very much again, Sim, uh, Rebel, Ian, for playing along. Thank you very much, Dorogon, for coming along and listening in. Thank you to all you fine folks at Warhammer Fest who stopped by and listened as we played uh, through Sim speakers. And to everybody listening at home when this does go live, thank you also very much for your attention. Um, and in the meantime, this is your Game Master, Rob, saying that in space, no one can hear you roll. 
The Administratum wishes to offer its thanks to all loyal subjects of the Imperium for listening to this podcast whilst at toil in devotional service to the Emperor. The Administratum mandates that you subscribe to and or follow the High Lords of Terror who created and starred in this episode. You can find the official Twitter account for Only in Death at DeathWatchPodRP. That is DeathWatchPodRP. All one word, mind you. All one word. Rob Farker is on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and other such venues as by Rob F. Scott Doucette is on Twitter and other such venues as Podcast underscore Bay. And his podcast, Podcast Bay, can be found at www.podcastbay.net. Sim Lauren is on Twitter and other such venues as Painty Sim and on YouTube as Sim Lauren. Ian Ketch Sinclair is on Twitter as Five Star Dad, and Rebel Wolf is on Blogspot at Fort Win. That's Fort W Y N dot Blogspot dot com. Should you wish to partake in the creation of your own adventures of secret space marine action, the Administratum wishes to remind loyal subjects that they can purchase the Death Watch Core Rulebook and all supplements in PDF format via DriveThruRPG. The Administratum also mandates that all loyal subjects visit the website www.ulyssesus, that is Uniform, Lima, Indigo, Sierra, Sierra, Echo, Sierra, hyphen, Uniform, Sierra, dot com, and subscribe to their newsletter for their new addition to the Warhammer 40,000 roleplay line, Wrath and Glory! The Administratum now terminates this episode with this thought for the day. Cast out the mutant, the traitor, the heretic. For every enemy without there are a hundred wi- What? What are you doing here? A silly voice? What in the blessed Imperium are you talking about? I'm not putting on a silly- Alright, fine. Yes, I'm putting a voice on. Happy? Because people have got it bloody tough as it is without being told they've got to spend their hard-earned fun money on the Emperor's sacred tomes instead of a couple of pints down at the Immolated Mutant after a long hard triple shift. Who do you think they're going to listen to? Some lunatic who probably got bumped up the promotion ladder on pure zeal? Or someone who sounds like Gary from Procurement Warehouse 6? They hear brother Sempre Fiddlies, they're going to think, Oh, if I don't listen to this guy, I could get strapped in for 500 volts in the electrostocks at Flagellation Square, or even shot by a passing inquisitor. They hear me, they'll look in their wallets and go, Oh, it's not that bad. We'll just meet Gazza after the triple at the Muti, get him around. It'll be sorted, it's... Yes, I know I'm supposed to say it, Fidelis. Emperor's blood, weren't you the one telling me I was putting a silly voice on? Look, speaking of 500 tickly ones in the stocks, I'm about to break deadline on this. Shove off and let me... Okay, fine, yeah, meet you down the mutiny after work. First round is on you. Pain in the arse. Alright, where was it? Hang on, is this still recording?